Well, hello and uh, welcome to the 14 questions. Do I, do I have to say it? I'll say it. No, you don't. Or no, you don't have to say it. If you've joined us before, welcome or back. If you've joined us before. I like that. Nice. <laughs> How you been? Did we, you know, it's kind of, I guess we, before we start a thing tonight, we should update folks on that. We kind of dug around the whole Banksy exhibit here in North Carolina. And oh, yeah. Turned yeah. Out, yeah. Turn, yeah. Yeah. Turn, turns out. Yeah. Not, not it's, yeah. it's an un, unsanctioned event like like most if not all of them currently are so other than you said the the unauthorized one was a former associate with banksy and he actually has yeah he was like like, i believe that he was his art art dealer or broker at one point in time so yeah and it clearly labels itself as an unauthorized um show but it is comprised of actual Banksy works as opposed to some of these others, which are prints or reproductions and they have, you know, they tout hundreds of pieces and really like a literal handful are originals and the rest are tribute pieces or reproductions and things like that. Um, yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. Shocker that the one that's truthful about it's being unauthorized is actually the one that has original pieces of artwork in it. You know, some, yeah. I think $35 million worth of, Banksy originals. So hunt that one down if you're going to go see one. At least you get to see the actual artist's art. Yeah. And not just, you know, the stuff you can find on the interwebs and pay a lot of money to go see it somewhere. <laughs> Seems kind of little yeah. rogue. They're all, yeah. They're all priced rather similarly. So go, go see the original stuff or don't support any of them at all. I don't care either way. <laughs> there you go. So, um, we're talking. We're talking a serious topic tonight, so we'll just you know warn people out of the gate, and then we'll get into more of our nuanced stuff regarding this this topic. But uh, I mean, it's in the news. It's a big deal, my friend. So yeah, we've know, got some wanna- got some things going on over in Eastern Europe and in Russia. Yeah, um, Ukraine. Yeah, kind of unprecedented, it's- really. It, it, it truly is. And I had to, you know, well, I shouldn't my, say it's unprecedented. I should say it's unprecedented in, in recent modern history. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Because yeah. we do have some serious precedents. Precedent. Yeah. It's just been a while. That's all. Yeah. So I had to, I actually, you know, I got asked the other night, you know, somebody asked me, do I need, really need to worry about this? And I said, yeah, you, you probably need to pay attention to it. But, you know, I, I sympathize with her. And said, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to, you know, if you don't know much, not a lot of people follow, you know, foreign anything, um, including a lot of people, I think on some of the, some of the networks and some of the talking heads here in America. I don't, I mean, I'm you know, sort of shocked if they've ever been to Europe, um, the way they seem <laughs> yeah. to talk about it, but I mean, you, you know, you know. Can, I mean, I'm being quite we, honest. We can or, 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 no, it's it's a fact. You know, we do have many, 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 many brilliant, wonderful people here in this country, but we also have a lot that um, consume information at a surface level, at best, if at all. Yeah. Uh, and by consumption, I mean they have any original thought to begin with. <laughs> yeah, you know, because um, some people just get fed it, you know, by the television. Uh, every night and that's as far as they go and they just, you know, 
like little parrots just repeat the things they hear. Um, yeah. And, and not even from like actual, you know, correspondence. Like some, some of the news here, we do actually have correspondence. Like we, we, I, I would encourage, and I, and I said to her, I said, it's difficult. You know, it's even difficult to follow some of this stuff because the news is pretty compact. And some of this stuff is a lot to, um, a, a, a ton to unpack geopolitically, the history of this area, the history of Europe and all that. And, you know, it can be a little overwhelming, but I do, I do caution some of these folks that occasionally will have try to have a conversation with me. And I'm like, well, the, the thing you're watching, they don't even have a correspondent. Like they don't have anybody over there. So I'm not sure where they're getting their information, <laughs> you know, maybe on Facebook and then reporting it out. I don't yeah, know, but who, who knows? Um, and we won't, we won't name my, anybody explicitly, but yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my no, light criticism. It, like, I'm going to make no representation that, that I'm in any way, shape or form an expert in this, but you know, I, I try and stay abreast and, and apprised of what's happening and going on and kind of run down rabbit holes and check sources and everything else. And there's a lot of information out there. Yeah, quite a bit. And then, and, and you know, and that wasn't a, that wasn't an indiv- it wasn't criticizing anybody. I was just criticizing some of the news media or some of the no. And I said we wouldn't sort mention, of entertainment. I, I, I meant stuff, I meant the you know, but yeah, <laughs> just dancing around the edges of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't mean an individual, as in someone we know. I meant a, no, and it wasn't it wasn't an a person organization. I, I, no, I, I was I was sympathizing with her, and and she had asked me, and I said, yeah, you know, I'm fortunate enough. I'm no expert myself, but I'm fortunate enough. I follow some really interesting people, you, you know, people with pretty extraordinary experience. And it's just because I, you know, I follow some of the stuff they've posted or reposted or, or commented on, on, on Twitter or sure, on yeah. blogs and stuff like that. And, you, you know, when, when you're following them and then they, they throw out a post and it's, you know, it's written in another language like Russian, you know, they're, they're probably they probably have a pretty good grasp of, you know, the material here. You know, I certainly don't, you know, I can't, you know, tweet out in, in several languages like some of these folks. So to your point, we have some pretty extraordinary smart people. No, we um, truly do. But then we have a, a lot that I won't even make any claims as to their intelligence or anything. It's just, you know, people generally kind of go about their day to day lives and, you yeah, know, they pay attention sure. to the things around them and, you know, they go through the motions and they have their families and kids and jobs and everything else. And like, you know, downtime is relaxation time for a lot of folks where, you know, other yeah. people, you know, like to just consume information and consume, consume, you know, that curiosity. Um, And so, yeah, you know, they, they, they may just well, not be exposed think- to it or they may just not care, but then everybody yeah. wants to have an opinion. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, for, for, that's when it becomes a little problematic. Yeah. And well, and I guess from my perspective, Brandon, it's really, you know, part and parcel of my, you know, sort of my life experiences, you know, having immigrated here, um, having been from a, from another country and I, for whatever reason, I've just always been fascinated. I, I enjoy, I've traveled throughout Europe and I enjoy, enjoy meeting people and, and understanding the, the diversity and backgrounds and history over there. But, uh, this one is kind of complicated. I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, I think, um, you know, geographically where Ukraine sits, which I have a map in front of me right now, just to, yeah, you know, make sure I don't miss any of the, 
the neighbors and uh yeah it's okay if you get something wrong just redraw the borders with the sharpie you'll be fun (laughs) there we go yeah i mean why not why not It's, that's what that I think that's what that other guy's trying to do over there. <laughs> yeah, some borders, yeah. right? Well, he's he's just trying to walk them back. You know, it, it used to mm-hmm. be that he, you know, they were all one big thing, and now there's a lot of little things, and you know. So I I think the thing that is is you, you, the two. There's so many standouts here, but I mean, first of all, the 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 Ukrainian people. The, it's just extraordinary. Some of the stuff I've seen on on the news and on the Twitter feeds. Um. Just their resolve. Yeah, and, absolutely. Huh. You know. And their leadership, like mad props to Zelensky. Like that guy's, you know, I don't know him personally. He may be a complete and total asshole. But as far as what the rest of the world can see outside looking in, talk about a dude that stepped up and said, yeah, I'm the leader of this country and I'm going to actually lead. Um, which is refreshing well, I, to I, see, to be honest with you. Well, and I, and, I, and I took him at face value from the you know from the day he was elected and, and brought in, and he seemed pretty pretty reasonable. But you know, I, I I didn't set the bar where he's now setting it. I mean, he's it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, he's you know he's standing with his people, he's communicating with them, and 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 doing some stuff. I mean, it's it's what I'm seeing is just absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, no, truly. Um, you know, the guy's like, Man, I don't need evacuated. Like, I need ammunition. Like, I'm going to stay here for the time being and go. I'm, and sure, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's an exit strategy if needs be, but he's also not willing to just tuck tail and run uh, right out of the gate. Well, and I think, honestly, I mean, Russia is not, uh, not a, I, I wouldn't want to be in Ukraine's position. I mean, it's a, it's a 2000, 2000 or two, 2200 kilometer border um it's that's a lot of border yeah in uh, just a they're, just they're, a skosh right they're pretty it's a pretty powerful country that you know i think just the mere threat of a thing they thought maybe they'd, they'd, they'd pressure a country and be able to get somewhere but the fact that we've actually you know are, are witnessing a, what the this is the first hot war i've ever seen and and i think my lifetime in, in Europe. I mean, you know, at least this part of Europe. Yeah. I mean, I mean actual. It's, it's I mean, been a long time. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that is not lost to me, the other parts to this are, you know, people are like, they're so, God, there was, there was so many years here where people were complaining about NATO and what's the use of it and all, all the garbage from the previous administration. And, and, you know, you can have your criticisms all day long about a thing. I mean, but, you know, NATO was established for a very important reason, um, obviously, uh, as was the uh, United Nations Security Council. And just the intertwinedness of how many members are, you know, how many countries are members and who's involved in, in both those organizations and how all of this plays out. It's it's just vastly, going to my point about the, the, the person that asked me the other night, I said, this stuff is vastly complicated. You know, who has energy deals with whom, who has interests. uh, We're we're now connected more than ever globally, um, economically. I mean, I just heard tonight that, you know, Volkswagen Volkswagen over in in some of their German manufacturing facilities, you know, there's a tier three provider of some stuff for V-dub parts in Ukraine that uh, is indefinitely shut down. 
Um, hmm. So, you know, v, V-Dub uh, taking it. I mean, I'm just throwing out a random factoid there, but, you know, a lot of this stuff is is so interconnected. And, and I think it's what I'm appreciating, at least, is the sentiment that I'm seeing is the willingness, regardless of gas prices or inconveniences or the pressure that we're all under after a couple of years, you know, fighting out of this damn global pandemic thing and all the problems we've been having the, the, the outside folks are saying, well, you know, we're not, we're not in Ukraine. You know, those people really need our support. So, you know, let's, let's carry on. And, you know, to my way of thinking, that's, that's pretty impressive when you see, you know, sort of some humanity there, if you will. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see how quickly this conflict has kind of unified the members of NATO and everything else, and, and really kind of I wouldn't have guessed brought it. everybody together in a in a show of strength and unity, uh, which I feel personally has been severely lacking. Um, you know, the last few years. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, yes, both, both locally and globally, uh, when it comes to you know, allies and treaties and whatnot. So it's, 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 you know, if there's a silver lining that, that codifying of, Hey, we are all in this together and we're going to get through it together is, is kind of warms your heart a bit to see. Yes. Oh, I would be, yeah, I would be remiss. I'm, I'm throwing around some, you know, we're throwing around like acronyms here. So NATO is the North Atlantic treaty organization. It was established in 1949, according to my notes, and it was a guarantee of safety and freedom and uh, was propped up to make sure that political and military stuff didn't get pushed around too much. And it is, of course, located in Brussels in Belgium. Um, speaking of which, it's making me sad. Brussels is a beautiful place and I, I hope to be able to travel again one of these fine days. But uh, it's, it, it, it's first, I guess it's first sort of, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it is defense would be diplomacy, right? And then the sort of idea of the collective eye, it's got 30 countries as of uh, 2022, and 27 of those countries are in Europe. Um, yeah. Just quick notes for people who are like, okay, how many, because I, I do the same thing. How many countries has a 2022 or a NATO? And it was, you know, okay, yeah, you know, you're just checking some boxes. Um, you know, if people don't follow this as deeply. It's good to know. And then Obviously, the United um, Nations Security Council, that was established in 1946, and there's far more countries involved in that, um, and it has its own ways of doing things. The other thing to mention is, is NATO doesn't actually have any, any army of its own. It's a, it's a collective sort of organization and understanding of first diplomacy and response, and then you can get into some other stuff. And you can certainly get in the weeds if you want to, you know, read down their website and their their operations and missions and stuff, but you know, they yeah. function all around the world. But I do, I do think they're, they're kind of under undervalued and underappreciated <laughs> over the last years. We have a tendency to, you know, not pay attention to a thing unless there's something really big happening. Yeah. Um, it, it turns out when, when life is normal and peaceful, you know, we, we yes. take everything for granted and don't really think too much about it. And then, you know, things like this happen and it kind of make you snap up and take notice and go, Oh shit. What about this? Well, what about that? Yeah. And well, what happens if it is, you know, 
Right. And, 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 you know, the, the history here is, you know, there was a fall of the Soviet Union and, and, and Russia's sitting there and, and Russia's sort of saying, hey, we don't want some of these non-NATO countries that we share really big borders with. I, it's, I don't think it's, I don't think they particularly want them to, you know, join over or join in uh, on that group of, of countries, I think, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, uh, yeah, so... It's, it's interesting. But, well, I, I, yeah. The problem is it's the people in power, I think, that don't want that more so than the actual citizens as a whole of those countries. I could be wrong. Correct. Um, I've not sat down with any any Russians and actually discussed their wants, needs, hopes, dreams, and desires. Right. But I get the impression that it's a handful of people who it's very advantageous for them to remain in control and be completely autonomous and kind of do whatever the hell we want over there. Right. Right. Other than they did, I mean, there was some, you know, Ukraine shares a ton of history with Russia. So there, there were some, you know, there's some folks in, in Ukraine, right. In, in parts that I guess that Russia, you know, what back in 14, didn't they am, am, um, annex, sorry, it's Monday. Um, a, a couple of regions like Crimea and one other, I believe yeah. in, you know, so there was some tug of war back then, um, but I think there's there seems to be quite a few people in Ukraine that are that want their own independence and you know freedom and democracy, and you know they they may or may not want to be part of NATO or clo- cozy up a little more to the West. But I mean, I, I certainly can see why Russia. It's not in Russian interest for you know a, a country like that to do so. I mean, that was just. Yeah, I don't think that's. Don't think they'd like that to happen. Um, unfortunately, it's it's not up to them, and um, it's sort of why we're f- seeing war unfold. Yeah, unfortunately. But, but it, so. And I, and I yeah. think there's a there's a much higher probability at this point moving forward that they may uh, end up, uh, you know, as as a member of those organizations. Um, I think I saw where Zelensky was pushing for, hey, like let us into the EU. Like right now, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> you know, in the middle of a conflict. Yeah. Um, which kind of gets the point across, you know. Yeah. I don't uh, isolated and fighting for themselves, and and you know, there's been so much support sent over, but that's really as far as that can go. It's like we'll give you some supplies and things, but you got to do your own thing over there. Like, let's go, right? Yeah. But it, it is extraordinary, though, back to what you had mentioned, and it, it's a standout for me. You know, you have 30 different countries. You have NATO. It's been it's been obviously weakened over the last several years. Um, it's extraordinary to me to see how nimble they've been in response to some of this. And, and you know, I, I was struck by how fast some of these sanctions have gone into place and and you know, how reaching some of these sanctions are. I mean, typically I was thinking, oh, this is going to take three, three weeks, four weeks. To- yeah. It's going to be kind of a dry. And, and it's funny because you say that and I've, and I've seen a lot of people go, oh, none of this <coughs> happened fast enough. And, and it's, it's like the, the cogs of bureaucracy take, you know, they turn at a very slow pace. And so to have this all happen within a week or so, uh, sanctions come down, you know, they're pulling Russia out of the SWIFT network you know, like everything, I I feel like it's been incredibly, uh, an incredibly quick response, I, I guess I should say, 
Huh. Yeah, and I, and, and I, I get the people, you know, I, I do when I don't. I think there's a lot of talking heads out there that are like, should have been faster, should have been sooner, could have, would have, should have. There are some serious, you know, th- these things don't just swing one way. They swing two directions um, in, in terms of harming our domestic economy here or, or um, some economies in, in Europe that are, are you know, yeah, sure. I mean, start, sanctions, are, sanctions aren't without consequences for those uh, deploying said sanctions, usually, um, because there yes. is some level of trade and, and economics that goes into that. And so, you know, it shouldn't be taken lightly and, and definitely shouldn't just be a snap judgment. So, again, I, I think it happened rather rapidly, given the scope and magnitude. Oh, absolutely. Um I've been very impressed, you know, between Europe's response, our response, and and other individuals and organizations rallying to help uh, the folks over in Ukraine. It's really, it's to me, it's very impressive. Yeah, and you you brought up SWIFT, um, which I'd actually never known this acronym up until uh, this week, I actually thought it stood for something else. It's a wire transfer thing. But anyhow, it's the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. Um, and it's, it's, it's basically a communications, a secure communications, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Brandon, um, between, you know, uh, re, federal, federal reserve systems here and, and, and central banks all over the world, you know, 1,100 um, financial institutions worldwide. Yeah. And it's how people move money around. Yeah, it's basically, and it, it, if you boiled it down to a sentence, it's a network for international banking banking transactions. Uh, yeah. That's a way dumbed down statement, but if I yes. had to put it in one sentence, what a swift. It's an international bank transaction network, essentially. I mean, the Washington Post is quoted here as describing SWIFT as the Gmail of global banking. I don't know. I, I, I think I'd like yours better. <laughs> the, the Gmail. The G, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. The Gmail of I don't, Google. I don't know. So it's a free online <laughs> sign up for an account. Uh, they'll on, spy, Post, they'll spy on you and use your data and information <laughs> for profit so that you can tell grandma happy birthday. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's the Gmail. I mean, I get where they're going. Yeah. I just, I, I maybe they. The metaphor falls a little flat for me. Yeah, probably. It was created. <laughs> it was created in Belgium, 1973. Um, and, and and the caveat here is that that they have Russia has not been completely removed from from SWIFT transactions. I guess the caveat was any transactions relating to the move, I, I'll get this wrong, but basically anything to do with energy or oil markets or whatever kind of energy markets for now that have been, or that are in process can't be touched because, you know, that starts to get a little hanky when I mean, well, we're again, already seeing the, the, the oil these markets are, and, and everything nuanced, else. Yeah. Right. And there's some, there's <coughs> dependency in both directions there. So yeah, my understanding is, is those are free and clear and I don't even know that it's all banks in Russia, but there are specific ones tied to groups and organizations and, and people over there that definitely have been taken out of the loop, as it were. Yeah, and and, and the other thing that's hitting uh, pretty rapidly is the ability for the, the average uh, Russian folks to 
you know, use a use a credit card, or there, you know, there looks like there's some runs on their on their banking system, and the ruble is tumbling. You know, the the Russian currency, and you know, I I I, I yeah, feel fell, for those folks. And fell what thirty thirty percent or so? Yeah, um, I mean, to the point we covered a little bit. There's a there's a kids game called uh, Roblox. It's a video game. I, I I couldn't tell you what it is, but. There's an in-game currency that you can buy, like gift cards, to purchase this in-game currency, and it's actually more valuable than the uh, Russian ruble right now. Uh, That's extraordinary. Yeah, it's 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 an all-time low. The ruble has never, as of today, been right. as low as it is, uh, which is devastating. You know, I feel terrible for the average people over there uh, because this is going to have long-standing, far-reaching consequences. For them, yeah, and and uh, the other thing that I found extraordinary is the the the, the protests. I mean, it, I don't think it's. I, I don't know if I was sitting over there if I'd think it's like, hey, my, you know, hey, does everybody want to go down to this protest? You know, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd be a little hesitant. They <laughs> they, they, they kind of have a history I, and reputation of locking people up for that sort of thing. But I, I you which know, I, strength I strength in numbers is a thing, and. Uh, I hope they're all savvy enough that if somebody shows up handing out free pairs of underwear to not take them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, fair like, enough. Right. Like, Hey, you look a little cold out here. Here's some uh, fruit of the loom for you. Like, you know, you hold on to those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or at least wait to wear them when you're going to be in a different country. Anyhow, that's a, that's a little bit of a reference there, but Hey, I'm going to mention this one thing before we go to break because it'll hint a little bit about maybe where we're going on some other sort of weirdness in, in interrelated stuff when it comes to comes to this stuff. But um, Rudders today reported out 10.51 a.m. this morning. Russian court rejects Google's appeal against $7.2 billion ruble fine. Now, I, I mean, I know those people at Google over there are smart, and obviously they probably feel like they shouldn't be fined. And this fine has to do with them not getting information down that the Russian government wanted them to take down. Um, but I don't know. Today seemed like it might have been a good day if you were going to get fined in rubles. Uh, <laughs> since it's it's <laughs> it's one dollar to your point. One dollar to at least as of this morning, one dollar to ninety eight point one rubles. So, I mean, sounds like a big fine, but it's. You know, the 7.2 billion rubles isn't, you know, might have been a good day to pay at Google. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, good, yeah, good, wanna... good for them. I, I was, I was not aware that Google had a, 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 an imposed fine that they were arguing with over in Russia, but you know, you can't keep up with everything, can you? No, exactly. It was actually, it was actually, um, I guess it was Alphabet Inc. You know, Google's, yeah, yeah. Google's mother country, the company that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing a thing there. Um, but yeah, well, let's go. We had a quick break, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the sort of the other strange, sort of nuanced, interconnected stuff when we uh, when we come back. Alrighty then. All right. Sit we'll tight. be right back.
Okay, so now that we've had a bit of a break, uh, as as we yeah. often do, we're gonna we're gonna pivot to you know not less serious things this time or anything, but you know serious stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely Still Ukraine. So I said, you had remarked, and then I, I sort of said again, this is kind of, this is again, sort of remarkable. I mean, I hate to be overusing that word. Um, but the whole concept of, you, you know, Russia is a pretty big player in, in cyber and, you know, obviously they, they, they got some mighty power, you know, to mess with communications and such. And then you've got to give a few people a few bit of credit here and there. I mean, I guess Elon Musk, right? What did he announce the other day? No, Elon was sending a, I think it arrived today too. It was like an entire shipping container or more. I don't know the specific number of um, Starlink terminals, uh, which is Starlink, if you're not familiar, is his satellite-based internet provider. Um, So he sent a a number of units over to the Ukraine so people can have internet access, you know. Uh, which I think is really great when you're talking about infrastructure and things being taken down in times of war, uh, for him to step up and do that. I won't speak to his motivations, but, you know, the guy saw a need and said, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that and help some people out. So really cool, I well, think. Again, again, I do too. I mean, but again, that sort of comes with some, you know, pretty, it's not without risk, you know, <laughs> like to, to be a private citizen and say, hey, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go throw my my finger on a scale over here, uh, out of nowhere, just because I can. Um, I don't know. That make me nervous. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, you, you or I are the average man, but but it's Elon fucking Musk. Um, I mean, you did make you did yeah. make mention of this before we started recording. That <laughs> like, he's the guy's the richest man on the planet. He's already got a target on his back, whether he wants it or not, and no matter. Like regardless of how he behaves, somebody somewhere isn't going to like him because everybody everywhere is kind of aware of who he is. You know, like it's, yeah, but, it's the nature I mean, of the beast. It, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just saying there's some, you know, not some nice players and people out there that might not support his side of things of doing that. And, you know, his cars are kind of computers and, some of these adversaries are pretty good at messing and hacking and doing. I'm just saying, I just, you know, it's just, again, you know, whatever. I mean, you need the, yeah. yeah it, no, it, it's fascinating to me that a private citizen can, that could A, wield that much power and B, you know, get in. We're talking about a, a military conflict and he's like, oh, you need something? Here, let me drop these things off. And uh, yeah, y'all don't worry about that, that ISP that, it was cut off to your house last night. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. I, I got you on internet access. Good to go. So kudos, kudos to Elon for that one, for sure. I guess the other person we need to point out here um, is Mark Zuckerberg. I think it's Mark, at least meta. Maybe, maybe it's because they're meta now. But uh, I, I was mentioning to you during the break that the technology stuff on uh NPR on the uh, all all things considered, Shannon Bond had uh, title of her article that came out today or her interview or piece, which was updated February twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, at four oh seven p.m. Eastern time. Um, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter 
remove disinformation targeting Ukraine. And you had said they, they, they actually met us, set up a whole task force for this, right? Yeah, but I was reading they're, they're calling it like a special operations center, but it's specifically geared towards identifying and eliminating uh, misinformation and, and things surrounding this current conflict over there, which seems way out of step uh, with, you know, their previous responses uh, towards misinformation on their platform. So I, I think maybe the message is finally sinking in. <laughs> like you guys, you guys, you know, we, do we need to reform section 230? I don't know, but do you need to also be a little more responsible uh, because things that happen on your platform have real world consequences? Uh, yeah, they do. And uh, it looks like maybe they're making an effort to uh, in, improve the way that response looks. So good on them. Good on them. I mean, you got to call, I'll give Mark credit where credit's due or give Meta or Facebook credit where credit's due. And, and this one seems like a, you know, they actually, they actually put efforts in front of a thing rather than responding that they'll try better next time. Um, because this was some pretty serious shit. I mean, there were, there was actually, you know, at least reports, um, that there were pretty, pretty good efforts to undermine the Ukrainian government you know, separate attempt, attempts to hack Ukraine military officials and, and journalists using the using the Meta platform or the Facebook platform. So, yeah. So, <coughs> good. at that at that point, probably best you step up and and try and do a thing about it preemptively, right? Yeah, and I mean, it it, it reports out here that they just described the two campaigns on Facebook as you know small scale and and, and caught in the early stages. Thank God. Um, some of the reason I think, you know, and I, I, we just didn't have time really to dig into this, but this, this stuff goes back to 2015, 2016, you know, 2018, just some of the manipulation and shape-shifting that goes on, on, on some of these extraordinarily well done, um, fake profiles and, and AI created, uh, people's and personas and influencers, uh, you know, like they're like, Hey, these trolls are really good. I'm like, these aren't trolls. Like this is pretty, this is pretty out there. Yeah. As, no, they're, as they're authentic as some of this I stuff looks. call them trolls by any means. These are manufactured accounts yeah. with a specific goal and purpose. And, and they have been, they've been used uh, for eight years, essentially for a, a number of things, some of which we know about some, which we don't. Um, and yeah, it's it's a little so terrifying, I, you know. Again, we we joke about the internet being still in its infancy and kind of the wild west, uh, but as technology changes, so do tactics, and uh, it's you know, and, and the response to those tactics. So it's good to see that maybe we're finally going to be a little more proactive and go, okay, you know, if a nation state with an agenda has thousands of fake accounts with the intent on influencing and swaying um, individuals and the citizens of other nations to think or believe in certain ways, then uh, maybe, maybe we should do something about that. Uh, because, you know, like if I shout from the mountaintops by myself, I might just be a crazy person. But if you see 10,000 of us, you might be more inclined to believe it, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's in 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 this stuff is just mind boggling as sophisticated as it is. I mean, I, I think right here I'm I'm still in this in this uh, piece, but Meta says that ghostwriters have been trying to hack the accounts of high high profile Ukrainians, including military officials, uh, journalists, public figures. Um, although it didn't it didn't identify it didn't go any further. I don't blame them for that. Um, but you know. This level of sophisticated, coordinated targeting within, you know, social media or some, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's another whole spectrum of, of cyber war or cyber aggression. I mean, I don't know if we can quite call it war yet. I guess we can. I don't know if anybody's really coined a good, good term for this, but, um, which you and I had discussed, this gets really nuanced. I mean, so to, to circle back around. Yeah, and, um, and some of it's really, really scary. Um, yeah, so to, to circle back around for folks, so we were thinking, you know, before we were recording, you know, circle back around to NATO. NATO has an understanding under Article 5 that an attack on one is an attack on all. Um, it's been used once uh, in, in, in recent years, uh, after the unfortunate events of 9-11 in this country. Um, but I think even as aggressive as Europe is when it comes to regulating and, and looking into cyber and as concerned as, as the United States and some other countries are, uh, to, to include cyber in such a way, um, I, I, I'm, I, I still can't wrap my head around how you would how would you, you would do that? Because, you know, actually figuring out some of these strategies and some of these, I mean, some of it's obvious, obvious, right, Brandon, like it, whatever, denial of service or somebody shuts somebody down. Okay, that's pretty easy. You do a countermeasure and, and hit them back just as hard. But some of this other stuff yeah. is just. It's, I mean, part, part of it's identifying the source. So, you know, you either have to forensically examine it and break it down and go, okay, this attack came from here. Or somebody has to, you know, take credit for a thing. Uh, and when it comes, you know, their their cyber attack is 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 a pretty broad spectrum. Um, and so, you know, if you're a cyber attack, let's say you're just spying and, and exfiltrating data. Well, nobody's going to take credit for that because it's clandestine by its very nature. Uh, and so you know, then you would have to detect it, figure out who was uh, perpetrating said attack and then go, okay. And then we also need to clearly define like what constitutes an act of war or an act of aggression so that you can respond within a, a defined, you know, what I want to say, like spectrum of engagement. Like, you know, like what is war? What is just commonplace well, in, in, fuckery. In, in, <laughs> you know, like, or, or just or did, to your point, right? So is this just, are we just trying to, you know, turn the lights off? Um, you know, is this infrastructure or is this just straight up propaganda? And, and what is the co-equal response um, in an engagement to that? And um, some of this stuff obviously could be uh, very much infrastructure. You know, you start, you start fucking around with, you know, power and, and messing with, you know, destabilizing places that, you know, are holding chemicals or, or, or what have you with, with, with whatever systems need to be in place to assure, 
you know, security of some things, you know, the cyber has a whole other piece to it. Right. Um, but then you just have these, these vast valleys of, you know, social engineering, manipulation and propaganda, which I, I think is sort of, I, I, to your point, that's just sort of the craft of what this craft is evolving to. And I don't, I don't think anybody really knows how to define or, or, you know, it's, it's, we were saying, I was saying earlier to you, it's, it's like, it's pretty obvious, like a big tank with, you know, a flag on the back of it driving across a border. Okay. That's uh yeah, that's looks like, looks like war to me. Unless the guy's lost. Um, but in this case, I mean, uh, just their ability to, to be in the shadows and hide and, and maneuver and, and not be in a particular location is, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty frightening. It's really, it's, um, it's, it's fascinating and terrifying all at the same time. You know, the, the fact that a, a number of accounts can be controlled by, you know, one individual or multiple individuals posing to be these people that they very much are not, you know, like what, what you would have needed a hundred James Bonds for. Now you need like one fat dude with a box of donuts and a computer in front of him. Uh, if that makes sense probably you know, a monster. to yeah. make a joke yeah. about it. But yeah, somebody can sit at a remote location at a terminal and impersonate any number of people or, or not necessarily even impersonate, just create any number of individuals that look like, act like, talk like, think like, you know, whoever the target is, uh, ostensibly. And then, uh, you know, start manipulating from there and, it really is. It's 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 an interesting thing to think about, and uh, it'll be really interesting well, to see how these things get defined in the future, uh, moving forward. Because I don't know. Pre- yeah, Again, because it is all, pretty. It's, it's it, all it, new. It's pretty nuanced, right? It's pretty nuanced, and, and the most important thing, you know, for people that have that that are finding themselves, whether or not they're they're in Russia or whether or not they're in Ukraine. I mean, to, to get valid information, you know, is extraordinarily important to understand what's going on around you and actually be able to judge your environment. And, you know, so far it looks like that's, it's still happening uh, to some extent, but uh, the, the threat that it, it, you know, becomes completely false or total propaganda is, 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 you know, terrifying in my mind, it's, you know, and, and again, yeah. to other countries in the world, you know, you they've always said, you know, to make the, the, to make a communications mistake in a wrong way, you know, that's, that can set some, set some things in motion that are a little hard to get out of motion. And so it, it, this thing, this stuff does become just absolutely fucking frightening when you, when you think about it. Yeah, no, you know, it's things like propaganda have always been around and they've always been a concern, but now it's just much more easy to conceal the source of that information and, and really make it even more believable for the, the casual observer that just goes, oh, okay, yeah, and like I've seen this like a dozen times. This has to be true, you know. Like today, people people were sharing like Steven Seagal was fighting on the front lines with Russian special forces. Um, yeah, what was that even about? You'd mentioned that during the break. I won't get it's, into it's so it. Fucking it's fucking stupid, you know, yeah. But... It, you know, does Seagal have some ties to Russia? Sure, you know, but like, let's be honest, he's he's old, he's overweight, and uh, 
he's like a sheriff somewhere in the South. And people just go, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Steven Zagal's over there fighting, you know, in the front lines for Russia. <laughs> and it's like, you know, if that kind of thing can get by reasonably intelligent people, you know, imagine if, it, if, if it's more subtle and insidious um, on a very or, large or, scale. Like, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, or, or persuades large groups of people to believe one thing in, in any, you know, country, let alone democracy, or, you know, you know, that's, that has political consequences. It puts pressure on it. And, and, and again, it, the level of back to sort of where we began, we began the, the level of coordination and communication with, within the UN, within NATO and the NATO countries, um, it, it, it is pretty outstanding right now, g- given the challenges of, of all the new footings that are here. But um, especially the cyber, I think a lot of people anticipated or would have thought by now that there would be just sort of, I, I was thinking there'd be a lot more just sort of just random cyber attacks. And I'm not even specifically saying about who's, who's involved right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like other folks and adversaries don't like to take pot shots during a Maybe there's still yet to come, you know what I mean? But usually, usually you'll see some, you know, smaller or, or people who want to, you know, you know, take advantage of a, everybody's eyes on something to really start doing some fuckery. Uh, yeah. That's, it, it, this that, is still relatively new conflict, so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm probably speaking too, too yeah, soon because I, there I've, are, I've I'm seen sure there are some actors. Through, you know, Twitter and various social media and whatnot, I've, like these calls to action for... You know, people people with knowledge and skills and abilities to like start attract attacking, you know, Russian infrastructure and government websites and everything else. I'm like, man, you know, this whole vigilante thing um, can be counterproductive sometimes. <laughs> so be be careful. Well, very much, it's you not do like something it, stupid, it, it, right? Right, but it's but it's not like the, the UK or us or Canada, or, you know, there aren't some adversaries that are going to, you know, as I was going to say, you know, take the same kind of pot shots and, you know, why not go try to hack the bank system over here? Why the bank system's trying to adapt to whatever they're trying to put into it, put into place, yada yada yada, and this stuff can become really destabilizing really fast. Yeah, it has potential. A lot of different fronts. <laughs> And you never know, you, you know, if you are a single actor, like you don't know if say the Ukraine or or somebody assisting them has, you know, an active engagement in one of these areas they may be collecting data and information off a website that you're trying to shut down, right? Like they might have a backdoor into a thing and they're collecting any, any, amount of intel and you're like oh we got to shut it down that's what we can do and like it, it ultimately you're potentially undermining um the people who are directly coordinating strategies and whatnot yeah you know, i can't, so, I like, can't imagine just a lot that, of potential that, for that, fuckery so when i see people going you know oh hop on here here's a list of russian government websites go hack them go do this go do that i'm like eh like it feels good as an armchair thing, probably not the best fucking idea. 
You no, know. it's probably best to leave that up to the 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 CSIS and the the cyber defense coordination. That's probably yeah, needs to you know from the United know, States. Or the, let the Ukraine yeah. do it, or you know if yeah. if if there's a direct call to action from one of these governing bodies that says, "Hey, go do this thing," that's one thing. But like a random you know Twitter account saying, "Hey, go do this thing," that's like again, stupid. you don't. It could simply be like dangling a carrot, like, "Hey." We're going to suggest the idea that way you do attack and now we're justified in attacking the other direction. The counter-attack. Yeah. Yes. And so exactly. Like, just yeah. like, you know, yeah. everybody pump your brakes. Let the, yeah, let the <laughs> professionals do stuff. Yeah. yeah. Let the professionals and the governments do, do what they're, they're there to do. And yeah. Stay in your lane. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Stay in your lane. Do you have anything more to add? I think I'm about tapped out. Yeah. I mean, that happens from time to time. So, yeah. But, you know, again, it's, I'm sorry, it's not the most upbeat or fun. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll do a few of those. It just didn't seem appropriate this time. And, you know, my, my admiration and support go out for the the folks and over there in Ukraine and, and the other people supporting them. And, And it's, it's, it's actually really nice to see some of the, support and camaraderie around the world and in, in this country. I mean, it's kind of, it's refreshing given the, the division and the, the sort of shittiness that's been going on for quite some time now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm inclined you know, to agree. As, you know, if there is a silver lining, some yeah, faith, that's what I was going to say, some faith yeah. in humanity has been restored. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we will uh, wait and see like everybody else is, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, no, this will resolve. So I guess we'll leave it there. Sounds good to me. All right. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course, find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts.